Hi, welcome to the Bridge Podcasts. We hope you enjoy the following message. For more information on all that's happening at the Bridge Church, please visit www.bridge-church.com. Well, um, it's great to have you here. If there's any visitors, thanks for coming. I know that we're just into the summer holidays and maybe the church doesn't look so busy, but don't be discouraged. Um, there's, it's going to be, it's going to, there's going to be a huge return. Amen. Amen. I believe that you've got to, got to, you've got to see it in your heart and believe it and, uh, it shall come to pass. Amen. So the most, the most powerful thing that one of the most powerful things we can have in life is a vision and, in, and have let our imagination, which God gave us, let that imagination be fueled by the Holy Spirit. Um, And I read something interesting this morning. If you go to Jeremiah, we'll actually be reading that that verse that we all know so well, for I know the plans that I have for you. But actually, just just around about that verse there, there's a warning there. You know, not every dream and not every imagination is from the Lord. You know, so we've got to, you've got to, we've got to be discerning and so, but we have to let the Holy Spirit fuel our imagination. And that's what happens when we wait on him and we meditate on him. He gives us inspiration. Amen. So we're carrying on with our heart for his house series. And I believe, ah, oh, there we go. Now talking about inspiration, does that inspire you? Amen. We're so thankful, Isabella, for designing our slide for this series. And, and hearts, yes, yeah, done a great job. And um, I thought, you know what, I could just preach from that for about 20 minutes. Um, you really could. So, um, and when, when Izzy first sent, sent it through, I thought, wow, this is amazing. Look, there's, here's a house with a chimney. It's got hearts coming out the chimney, it's surrounded by people. And they've, you know, all of these people, it speaks to me of people that are it's kind of like in Nehemiah's time. The people all went to rebuild the walls and the gates of Jerusalem. And they were all in their places and they were all surrounding the places that they were working. And this is our place. This is our spiritual house. And here we are all um, sowing love and time and our service and everything into the church in this house. And it's converted into a fragrant aroma. And that's why I love the chimney, because everything is, it's just like what we put in is being converted into an aroma which is pleasing to God. And it's like our worship, our service, our sacrifice, everything we do. And um, And so we thought, we'll just put our little church logo above the door. But, you know, we, we, we pray this for every church that, 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 that you know, also um, in Jeremiah, you know, this is when the, God says, he's speaking through Jeremiah, he says, bring all my people back from Babylon. They've been in captivity for 70 years. And in more than one place there in those kind of chapters around there, God says, um, build a place Build a place for yourself where there will be fruit. And God is, you know, sometimes we think, well, and, and, and we have been led to believe, particularly over COVID, that, do you know what? Places are not important. 
It's just, you know, we're all the body of Christ, and I understand that we are, but places are important. Places, geographic places and buildings are significant. They have significance in God's kingdom. And God said, do you know what? You need to, you need to build these places, build these places, because many people, to many people, this will be a, what they call a place called there. They might not know where they're going to end up, but somehow the Holy Spirit is going to lead them here. They might not. It's like, I've never been in a church like this in my life before. I've never, I'm totally unchurched, but I found myself here. And I believe people will find themselves here inexplicably. And it's like, how did I end up at the Bridge Church Kawinning, the corner of the Howgate and Dorai Road, or the Bridge Church in Ayr in the middle of Kincaidston? You know, they used to call Kincaidston Zululand. And they still call it Zululand, I think. Um, you know, so, you know, God, you know, we don't know why, but God builds his spiritual houses in places where you would think, well, they're, they're, you know, why there? But there's a huge reason why we're here. And so I'm so grateful for that. That's our slide series. Meditate on that and come back. Whatever inspiration that gives you, let us know how it's inspiring you. Amen. Amen. As we bring everything here, you know, I'm, I, I, I'm getting way off track here. <laughs> but, you know, um, at one time, the people all said, you know what? We've had enough of building God's house. So we're going to take all the stuff that we were going to use to build his house, and we're going to go and build our own houses. Do you know that that's in the Word? People actually did that. All of the cedar and the beautiful stuff and the materials and everything that were meant to build the temple, the people took it away. They took it and they started uh, let's, uh, maybe feathering their nest. Would that be, you know, I'm going to use all this to, to, to do my little thing. And eventually, um, uh, God's wrath was kindled with that whole situation. And through the prophet, he says, enough is enough. Bring all the stuff back again. All the stuff that you took that was meant for building, bring it back. And they rebuilt. And there's a lot of power in that. And I, I, you, can, you, can, you can, you know, and, and that is like our hearts. Bring your heart back again. Bring your heart back into the house. Have a heart for the house. And so that is... Um, what kind of just a little excuse this the, the the rabbit trail but today we're moving on to the next part of the series last week we talked about the oikos of god and today we're talking about the power of sacrifice amen and so i hope that through this series it'll help us with a bit of locating our hearts and doing a bit of soul searching you know soul searching really means finding out where your heart is where, where is your heart? Amen. And, and asking ourselves the question, where is our heart at? Are our hearts for him and his kingdom? And do we wholeheartedly love and follow him? And um, that's such an important word, wholeheartedly. In some translations, it says, with all of your heart. In Jeremiah 29, 11, that's what it says. I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you'll call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. So he's there to be found when we search with him, search for him with all of our heart. Amen. And Ephesians chapter 6 verse 7, a little differently, 
It says, serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not people. And so are all of our hearts here with the, the right motive? And this is why we've always said, um, you, you, you're, we're all here to serve Him, to serve the Lord. Don't do, not for us, not for your pastors, not, you are here to serve the Lord. That's what we're here for. Do you believe that? We're not, we are here to serve one another. I, I do understand it, but primarily our focus is on the Lord. Amen. And I know that you might, I think what it means is sometimes we get our affirmation and, and so much uh, and confirmation through the people that we serve. And I understand that. And we should be thankful and grateful to the people that serve us. But we have to recognize that it's, you know, you're not really serving. You know, it's not like I'm, this, I'm doing this for Pastor David. You're doing it for the Lord. I want to em emphasize that. I would rather you did it for the Lord. I would please do it for the Lord. Everything that you do, do it with motivation as unto God. Do it for Him, please. Amen. Because sometimes our hearts get compartmentalized. And um, they adhere. Do you remember last week we talked about um, sticky things? We, our parts of our heart adhere to different things. Or they, they hold a place, a separate place to serve different things. Amen? We have altars in our hearts for other passions aside from the Lord. Maybe the Lord, you know, Father God, I've got a place in my heart for you, but it's just right next to this place, and that's for that. If you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. Why can't I find, why don't, why is God silent? Why is he quiet? Why is he not speaking to me? If you will seek me with your whole heart. And if our hearts are compartments with altars in every compartment to different things, we're going to have difficulty, amen, in our walk. And I think about this series and the possible outcomes that it, that it could have. Um, and, and I think it's going to be a tough series in many ways. And hopefully I won't get fired out the back of the church. But it, I think it is going to bring some, I think it is for all of us, from from us right from us right across the congregation is gonna cause us to really reflect on the times we're in and the future that's heading our way rapidly and it's gonna help us to make plans and be prepared. So I think it's gonna help us pre prepare for many things. Um, so I want it to be a success, but success is relative to every individual. Do you believe that? I mean, for some people, success is just getting out of bed in the morning. For some, for some people, that is a victory. Getting up and, get, gaining, and gaining victory over just, you know, I'm just get, get me started, get my, my mind, will, and emotions in line. I get that. And for some people, it's different. So uh, there's, no pre, there's no expectations here. If for every one of you, this series is going to hopefully translate to a success. You're going to go higher than you were before. I do believe, I believe that. Amen. You've got, please, because if we, if, we, if we are leaving here and we've gone lower, please let me know. Okay? Because we want to be going up the stairs and, and, and not down. We want, to, we want to be encouraging you. Amen. So the one thing I do believe is this, 
it is going to change our hearts and, 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 and hopefully our hearts are going to resemble Jesus' heart more. Amen. It's, you know, it's hard to imitate Christ. I could, we all think I could never imitate Christ because he was so, because he, he was Jesus. How am I going to manage to do all of that? How am I going to manage to do it? But our hearts can resemble his. We can draw so much from him and his character. Do you believe that? And so we want to strive to be more like Jesus and the way his heart was towards his church, his body and people. And I think that's the important thing. And recently I was blessed. I was given a book and I've been reading this book recently. It's been very enlightening. It's called Gentle and Lowly. And it's authored by a man called Dane Ortland. And it's really an exploration of Jesus's heart and the way he related with people and with people who were obviously, he was obviously drawn to people who were suffering and who were bound up in sin, who were possessed and all of these different things. And I found it encouraging to read the book. It's been kind of, as I read it and reread bits of it, it's beginning to perk me up. Yeah, it's, it's like we need a perk and a pear cup sometimes. <laughs> we need, and, and that's why we're so fortunate to have the good news. And then to have other people that, you know, the Holy Spirit has put a, an inspirational word on their heart for the church. So I was blessed to have this book. And it, it talks about how we relate to others and how others relate to us. And, you know, that can be the source of our greatest joy or our greatest struggle. You know, how, how we relate with people and how they relate with us. You know, that's, that's the old saying about marriage. It be, can be the closest thing to heaven on hell or hell on earth that you'd ever know. <laughs> Mine is made in heaven. Yes. Hallelujah. I got the, I got the slant-eyed look there. <laughs> Amen. But, you know, that's, that's, that's just the way it is. The way we relate to Jesus and the way we perceive that he relates to us, similarly, it can, that can place us on opposite ends of a spectrum. And so understanding what Jesus' heart is really like and knowing his heart for us will help us to bring our heart into alignment. Amen. And so in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, Jesus is described as being lowly and gentle. I'll read the, I'll read the scripture to you. It says, come to me, all ye who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon me and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Amen. amen. So Jesus is, he's open, he's welcoming, amen. He is, he is understanding, he is all, he is goodness. He is all these things and more. And to, no matter how mired up in sin we are, how weak we feel, amen, what I started to, to, to be reminded of reading this book was that he's more drawn to the weak and to the sinful and to the people that are really broken. He is even he's more drawn to them than anyone else, Amen. And, and he is even more drawn to people that are in those situations and are, and are genuinely heartfelt, sorrowful, and repentant for, for where they are. I mean, it's just like, 
And it's like, oh, all of a sudden, all of these, like, points are jumping off the page. That's, powerful. That's a powerful principle. Having a, having a, no, I, I have to watch because my background, I was, I went to a convent and was raised in the Catholic Church. So when, when someone says penance or penitent, I get the wrong idea. <laughs> but, but it's like um, when someone is contrite and they're sorrowful and they're genuinely, Jesus is like, it's like a magnet. It's like a magnet to Jesus's heart. And um, so we sometimes think, you know, the more unlikable we are, the more undesirable that we are, the less Jesus wants to have to do with us. The more we struggle in our health, in our mental health, in our emotional and our spiritual health, the more we think God is like getting fed up. But in actual fact, the opposite is true. He wants, if we want to be helped, he wants to help. All we need is the heart to, I do need you. And I am this person, I am this, I am this bad, I am this broken. And then Jesus is like, great, (laughs) I'm coming, I'm coming to rescue you, you know. So, and and it says there, and and God doesn't bring burden, He he comes, he brings all of this, he says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. and, And he truly does not burden us. And the more we can understand his heart, the clearer that becomes. We don't have to do a penance. Now, I better watch what I'm saying here. I could, there, there, there's restitution and there's restoration and there's making right. But if it's a, a just like, do you know what? I, this is what I always do to come to get right with God. We need to search deeper than that because God might require something totally different of us now. Something that will actually overflow into someone else's life. And I, I remember years and years ago, um, my brother was very backslidden. And um, he was, he was, his life was really being crushed and destroyed by the enemy, I have to say. And, um, and this is not a boast on myself or anyone, but he happened to come to church one day and we didn't know he was here. He was standing in the back. And, he, and, and so we found out afterwards he was here and, and, and moved him that day. Things began to change. And he said to me a, a little while later, he says, when I came to church, and I'm not going to say he said this to me because it was me, he says, but when I came to church and I seen the people lifting their hands and worshiping God, he said it just like melted my heart. So... When you're here in whatever state you come in here on a Sunday morning, when you have the faith to lift your hands, you don't know what that's going to speak to the visitors in the back row or in the side row. You don't know. You just have to, sh- you just have to don't be concerned about anyone else in this building. It's between you and God on a Sunday morning. Come in, come in and give him your heart. Amen. And so, you know, we can read about the deeds that he did on this earth. He did all of these things out of deep compassion for people whilst he was in an earthly body. But his heart's still the same. He's sitting at the right hand of the Father now, but his heart's still the same. His heart hasn't changed, but now he lives through us. We are the, we are the channel of his goodness. We are the channels of his love. 
because we are his body on the earth now. He had a body when he was here, but now we're his body. So his body has to have a beating heart. It's his heart, and we've just got to get it in us. Amen? So if we live out of the Spirit and we desire to do that with everything that's in us, we'll know Jesus' heart in a way that we've never known it before. We've got to live out of the Spirit, though. We can't live out of our flesh. We, 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 we clamor and we really look for, you know, I just want, you know, I, I'm just going to be honest. Sometimes, you know, I just wish so-and-so would like me. I wish so-and-so would accept me. I wish I was more acceptable. I wish, it's like, you know, these things, these, these things are a burden. They're a burden, but his burden is light because he, is, he receives you. At the point of your deepest, your most, at your lowest point, he is, he is most there. Do you believe that? Amen. So, amen. I had no idea the time was marching on. So, is this okay? Can I finish this sermon this morning? I think there's things that make Jesus' heart sad. I think there are things that, you know, we talk about being heavy-hearted. I think there probably are things that would make Jesus' heart heavy and sad. I was going to use the word vex, but that's actually, you can't use that word because have you ever been vexed before? It means you're, you've been irritated, annoyed, and frustrated. Um, but the word vex actually means to shake or disturb, and you can't shake or disturb the Lord. So he can't be vexed. But I believe that he can be, um, he can be saddened sometimes, you know, because the Bible says if Jesus' heart hasn't changed and he, one day he looked over his people and he wept over them, why did he weep over them? Because he's seen how they were like lost sheep. He was sad and he, and he cried over them. So, you know, um, you know, he does have this um, sadness, I believe. He can get sad. Amen? And I also believe that there are things that cause him to rejoice. There are things that bring pleasure to God and to, and to Jesus that just make his heart swell. And so, as we are trying to find out more about our hearts for his house and looking to his heart to help us to reach that, trying to understand that more and embracing his heart and beginning to live out of the revelations of the things that we learn and that we begin to realize over the course of the next few weeks, we are also going to be saddened in our hearts and we're going to be irritated by things too, but we're also going to be buoyed up and we're going to rejoice over things. So I want to say to everyone, this is a journey that we're going on as a church family. It's a journey. Amen? And we've got to understand that a response to Christ's heart for us is a great pleasure. When we respond to his heart, he's just like, oh, this is amazing. This is wonderful. Oh, Gail, thank you so much. You know, because it's like, thank you so much. You've made my day because you've responded to my heart. You've seen who I truly am. And you've responded to that. 
The problem is that when we're here as his body, we are not very good at being the channel ourselves sometimes. We lack understanding in that everything has to flow back to him. Sometimes when we are the channel, make, there was a song we used to sing in boarding school, an old hymn, make me a channel of your peace. I don't remember it. I'm like, I was basically a roadblock. You know, I'm not a channel. I was like the roadblock, you know. It's like, tch, the biggest obstruction in the channel. <laughs> And so we can be the source of many roadblocks and blockages. But we've got to understand, we've got to look to his heart. So if Jesus rejoiced when people left everything behind to follow him, who has to rejoice? We do. So what Jesus rejoices over, we rejoice over. If Jesus rejoiced when people showed their faithfulness with the little they had, and that made a way for Jesus to give them more, the faithful steward, because they'd proven themselves as, as handling the little that they had wisely, Jesus rejoiced over that. What should we do? Rejoice. Not be, not be envious. Not be jealous. Not, be, not, be, not let it uh, disturb us. Well, why, why, why is God blessing so-and-so? Well, Jesus rejoiced over them because they were faithful with little and now they've been given much. We have to examine our own hearts. Don't go, don't go with walking around with our nose out of joint. Because, some, you know, we have to always come back to our own heart. Amen? And celebrate. We need to celebrate. Do you know that celebration builds up and fortifies a spiritual house? So I can see more celebration coming. Songs of celebration. More songs of celebration. And celebration over things like Bill's thumb. Hey, Amen. Amen. Celebrate. Because it fortifies our spiritual house. Celebration is a celebration based on sadness or on joy. It's based on joy, right? Yeah. And so if our cup of joy is empty, there must be a way to refill it. We know where that, we know where that is, to go and be refilled. Amen. We can't drain God of anything. He is an infinite source of every good thing. He has all the joy in the world, and we could never drain him of that. We can't use it up. In fact, the more we depend on him for joy and peace and healing, the more we ask of him in faith, the more he delights in us asking for him, and the stronger our bond with him becomes, and he begins to, he begins to release and then it's like, God, why, why did things never happen at the right time before? All of a sudden, things start happening in the right time. And we, all we've done is made some adjustments of our heart. Our hearts have turned. The compartments that once were all, had altars in it to other things, are being, the doors are being shut and the altars being chucked to it. And our hearts are more growing more as one just for the house of the Lord, a spiritual house. And we as a church, we need to believe that God is a God of infinite supply. And that we know that we all walk in here on a Sunday morning with limit, we're limited as people, but he's unlimited. So in, in, in Pauline's weakness, he is your strength. So when we come in here and we feel like, oh man, you know, I don't feel in the, the groove today. I can't play those bass licks the way I used to. It's like, 
We have, we have limits, but God can cut through all that, and He can empower us to even perform beyond our natural level. I mean, my God, Ahab outran a chariot. Come on. And he was an old dude, you know, and he outran a chariot. So God can, can help us to, to, you know, and so he's unlimited. If we just are faithfully obedient, he'll do the rest. We got to rest. Our wells can run dry, but his well will never run dry. Amen. Or should I, I should rephrase that and say that our wells can run dry if we let them. You don't have to be a dry well. You can actually be, you know, full. And so this is the, my, my kind of big scripture and the one that will bring this to a close, hopefully. John chapter 15 from verse 9. As the Father loved me, I've also loved you, so abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I've spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. And this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have, pardon me, loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. And you are my friends if you do whatever I command you to do. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant doesn't know what his master is doing, but I've called you friends. For all things that I heard from my Father, I have made known to you. You didn't choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. Hey, it's like sometimes you're like, you chose me, really? And that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. And these things I command you, these are commands that you love one another. You know, that passage, passage of Scripture is worth a whole book. That passage of Scripture is worth a whole book. And if we choose to acknowledge the language in that passage of Scripture and the meaning that it brings, it brings us into one of the most important facets of the heart. And this is the thing that, is go that will change everything. It'll actually change a nation. It'll actually change the world. You can change the world from Toodle Rye Road co-winning. Yes. What is that important facet? Sacrifice. Amen. Now you can go to this where it says joy, that my joy may remain in you. So his delight, gladness, cheerfulness, and that it would be full. In fact, do you know what that means? It means to be crammed to the brim and overflowing. That doesn't sound like an empty well to me. Amen. It's going to be full. But the joy that he's talking about was on the other side of a sacrifice that he made. This is, this is where the two begin to relate to one another. The joy that was set before him was on the other side of a sacrifice he had to make. And the joy that we will experience may be on the other side of a sacrifice that you have to make. Amen? If we want to experience that joy and receive, because it's an offer. He offers us joy. He says, you can have it. You can take it. If we receive the, his offer of joy, our joy will be made complete. 
Imagine that. Imagine saying goodbye to sadness. See you later. Imagine saying goodbye to sadness. Now, we all, we, there will be sadness, but imagine saying goodbye to downheartedness. Imagine being able to do that. Imagine being able to do that and, and receive. See, he offers, he offers it to us to take. Amen? So, there's another thing, though, that ties in here. Sacrifice is tied in with obedience. So he gives, us, he gives us commandments there. Greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. And you are my friends if you do whatever I command you. Now we get into territory where Jesus is saying, I know this is going to be hard for you. I know it's going to be hard to lay these things down. I know it's going to be hard to sacrifice. Um, I was reading the other, the other day... Um, um, I, there, there was a, back in the 60s, 70s, there was a lady called Catherine Kuhlman, and she was kind of a prophet. She flowed in the, the gifts of the Spirit. You probably see things of her. Some people think she was quite a weird person, but I do remember one thing that stuck out to me. She, <laughs> I, I, this is another rabbit trail. I hope it doesn't get me into trouble. Um, but she, she, she left her husband to pursue her ministry. Now, that, that, that was kind of, that, that was a sacrifice. Well, I don't know what her husband was like right enough. Might not have been a sacrifice. <laughs> but she, she did that. And I'm not saying that that's God's perfect will. I'm just saying, I'm just, why did I even go there? Sh- just shut up. So any, anyhow, yeah, but the, the point I'm making, the point I'm making is that there's obedience tied in here. And, and that's, what, that's what the word says, that obedience is better than sacrifice, doesn't it? But we've got to understand the context of that because the context is in 1 Samuel. And King Saul, he's bringing the burnt offerings to, he's, he's still burning offerings, he's sacrificing animals, um, but his heart would not hearken to the voice of the Lord. So, um, in, in, in the context of that, obedience, he should have obeyed rather than sacrificed. He should have been obedient to God's voice. But both are still important. Both still work hand in hand with each other. But obedience is most important because sacrifice, fo- or sacrifice follows on from our obedience. Because otherwise I could just say, you know what, today what, I'm going to make a big impressive sacrifice and everyone's going to see it. And it's not the sacrifice that it's acceptable in his sight. If my sacrifice is not acceptable in his sight, it is useless. Amen? So Abraham was first obedient before he took the sacrifice. Amen? He was first obedient before being willing to make the sacrifice. He passed the test of faithfulness and obedience, and because he passed that test, the nations of the earth have been blessed. And we are here because of that. We are the seed of Abraham. Amen? So our obedience is the ultimate test of our faith. So where am I going with this? A choice has been put before us. Just like Jesus had a choice, the cross was before him, and the word says he was obedient 
unto death. And when we pick up our cross, and you'll have heard this in Christianity. If you haven't heard it, I'll just say just now, you'll have heard this. In the word it says, uh, take up your cross and follow me. Amen? And so when we pick up our cross and follow Christ, it means that we are obeying him. We're walking in obedience. We're denying ourselves and we're taking up our cross. And when we do this, it's a reflection of our heart. Because you would never, why would you do that? If you, if you did not have a heart for something, why would you lay down your life for that? You have to have a heart for something. Amen? I mean, even in a human situation, to save a stranger is because you have a heart for humanity. You have a heart for people. You might not even know the person, but you, God has put a heart of compassion in you. Amen? So when we do this, it reflects our heart condition. John 14, 15, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And as we go on, it's important to remember the basic principles we need to recognize. They all thread through God's word, making acceptable as opposed to unacceptable sacrifices is a wise thing to do. If we just say, do you know what? I had a great idea. We're just going to get plow headlong into this. We're going to do this thing. We're going to do that thing. We're going to throw ourselves into it with all of our hearts. We might fall into the same trap as Saul if it wasn't God's plan. The word says, submit your plans to the Lord. Count the cost before you go and build something. Count the cost before you go and do it. Amen. And so to bring this to a close this morning, what sort of sacrifices are pleasing to God? 1 Peter 2 verse 5 says, you yourselves are like living stones. You're being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. These are the sacrifices that we are beginning to, to look to make. Spiritual sacrifices is fasting a sacrifice? Prayer, meditation, more time in the word. It's caring for our spirit. Amen? All of these things. That's going to build us up as a spiritual house. Being obedient is what will build this house up. Being disobedient is what will tear it down. So if we are disobedient to what the voice of the Spirit is saying to us and we don't act on it, we will go down the ladder. And if we obey, we'll go up. And God would rather have our obedience than an empty sign of sacrifice. But when we make a sacrifice that, he is, that is acceptable, power is released. That's the thing. The preaching of the cross is the preaching of sacrifice. That's what Paul is his life. I preach the cross because there's power in the cross. The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are saved, it's the power of God. Whenever we give something up for this house or for his kingdom, power is released because you've just made a sacrifice. And if we feel powerless, if you feel powerless today, Perhaps it's because we have not correctly considered our sacrifice. Because when we release a sacrifice that is acceptable in his sight, power must be released. Amen? 
And there's power in that because it works both ways. When people who are involved in the occult are looking for power, they also look for sacrifice. Do you understand that? It's not just it, sacrifices made by those looking to pursue evil as well as pursue good. We have to say, no, it's not just, you're not, the kingdom of darkness is not going to get all this. We understand what sacrifice is, and we are going to use it as a weapon. We are going to use it for the, for the kingdom. Amen? Amen? Praise the Lord. Thanks for listening. Remember to visit our website, www.bridge-church.com, and connect with us via Facebook and Twitter.